See ya. Hi, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing. We're recording this show on September 28th, and it'll be released Monday, October 3rd, by the way. Today, my guest is Derby Second Ward Alderman Art Gherkins. Hey, Eugene. How are you? Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. I've already uh, stepped on myself once because I don't know how to speak. But I'm a, I'm a writer, people, not a podcaster or radio person. And again, uh, I am from valleyindy.org, which is an online newspaper, uh, just in case people are listening on WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven. That's who I am. So this is Art's second appearance on Naval Gazing. How does it feel, Art? Well, I feel like a grizzled old veteran now that I've been here for the second time. And uh, the, I'm surprised you came back because the first time we recorded it and it took me about 10 weeks to actually post it. Uh, but you're, you're a man who does not hold a grudge, and I appreciate that. Well, I don't know that everyone would agree with you on that statement, but uh, it's nice to hear. So the reason I wanted to have you on, there was this discussion taking place over the last few months in Derby uh, about a really hyper-local issue uh, in the second ward. First, where did, let's establish, where is uh, Derby's second ward, and, and what is the area, roughly, that you represent, along with uh, Alderman Ron Sill and Alderman Joe DiMartino? Well, the second ward is actually kind of split up. However, if you think maybe from the AM Club on Hawthorne Avenue and everything moving, I guess that would be north and west, uh, including uh, Derby High School, the football fields, up uh, Derby Neck Road, Silver Hill Road. You have uh, 7th Street, 8th Street, Smith Street, um, that whole section there. And then it does jump um, a across the river, and we have one side of Derby Avenue. Nope. Look at that. I live in the second ward, and I did not even know that there's a part of Derby Avenue. Uh, that Do you know how many people roughly live in that ward? Um, I... I think I would give you a bad number if I said that. I know how many votes I traditionally get, but uh, I couldn't tell you the exact number. Is it one of Derby's more populous wards, do you know? I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking random ward information. Why not? Yeah, the most populous is the third ward, which is the east side of town. Um, I believe we're the second most populous, um, and the first ward, of course, is uh, you know downtown Derby and, and that area there, um, and parts of, you know, Mount Pleasant Street and, and the other side of Derby Avenue. So it's it's a decent-sized ward, but uh, it, nothing like the third ward. Okay, so then back to the, to the subject at hand. I, I, I thought what I thought personally was interesting about this topic, we're going to be talking about uh, issues involving Nutmeg Avenue, which is off Hawthorne Avenue. It connects Hawthorne Avenue to the Derby High School, Middle School campus, mm -hmm. uh, the Coon Hallow basketball courts, and neighbors who live uh, in that area. And I thought a lot of times at the Valley Indy, we will get emails, phone calls, Facebook messages, tweets, or what have you, about people with uh, what I define as like neighborhood issues. They're having, you know, your typical neighborhood issue, whatever that may be, something's too loud, whatever, quality of life uh, issues. And one thing that we try to do is, you know, we're only a staff of two, we're overwhelmed. We can't write every story that comes in. And sometimes I think with quality of life issues like that, you're better off trying to resolve the issue before just going to uh, a media outlet. Because mm -hmm. sometimes that's not always in your best interest right off the bat. Uh, 
So we've told people, and I personally told people, well, have you contacted your representative on your board of aldermen? And this may be in any town or your selectmen. Have you reached out to anybody and asked them about the issue? Because what I've seen happen in Derby and especially Ansonia, when people do show up and actually ask their representative for help, it usually, something happens. The, the problem is addressed in some way. So, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I guess, and, I'll, and then I'll throw it over to you so I don't talk this whole time, but there were issues in the Hawthorne, Nutmeg Avenue area uh, about noise coming from the basketball courts and Coon Hollow Park, which sits above these residences. They're, they're all pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did it, how, what did you do to address the problem? And first, what, what were neighbors saying, and how did you find out about it? Well, first of, of all, your uh, introduction was spot on. Um, you know, I work at Sacred Heart University, so I do consider every opportunity an opportunity to educate. And I was caught by surprise with this issue. I was at a Board of Aldermen meeting, and several of the neighbors uh, got up and spoke about the issues you just mentioned. And I realized then that, okay, they haven't come to their aldermen, and I think this is a great opportunity to show the residents in that area that their aldermen are listening to them. So um, I ended up hearing the complaints, and the very next day I reached out to the superintendent of schools, Matt Conway. I talked to uh, Chief Narowski about some of the issues. Let's, I, let me interrupt. <coughs> Let's talk about what their issues were. Let's establish what those were. Okay, well, some of the issues were the tractor-trailer trucks that come on Hawthorne Avenue in the morning, they would try to negotiate that hairpin turn that is Nutmeg Avenue. I saw that happen uh, last Friday, actually. Yep. It's yep. A, a, a Cisco truck, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, and okay. a lot of it is like the food delivery trucks and, and, and a whole variety of trucks are trying to go up Nutmeg off of Hawthorne. And Nutmeg, for people not familiar, Nutmeg Avenue is a steep hill. It's a goat trail, essentially. It's a joke of a road. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a really sharp turn. It's a steep incline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hawthorne Avenue is like this, uh, this valley at the bottom of... Uh, the, the campus is up on a mountain, essentially, or a big hill. Right. And to see a tractor trailer try to get up that hill right. is comical, unless you live there. Right. And if, if you live there, then it's terrifying. Right. And then, you know, they can't negotiate the turn. They're running over portions of the lawn, uh, just an ugly situation to have trucks trying to negotiate that, that road. Uh, some of the other issues are, you know, the, the picnic grove gets rented out, and there, we were getting some noise complaints, and not only noise complaints, but, you know, there's also an increase in DJs that are going to these events, and a lot of times uh, some of the popular music that's being played um, contains, you know, ob- obscene language or what some of us would consider obscene, Others consider popular music, but um, the neighbors were taking offense to some of the music that was blaring out of the stereos. Uh, the The park is kind of loosey goosey; it closes at dusk. Well, what does that mean? It, you know, some in the summer it's later, and in the winter it closes earlier. Um, so we were getting noise complaints, complaints of obscene music, tractor trailers, and just. Um, you know, the quality of life, the, the basketball courts are, you know, when, when the courts close, and this is something I've observed, um, a lot of the, the, the people that use that on their way home, they're walking down the middle of the road, and often it's dark at night, and they're just walking in the middle of the road and kind of challenging the drivers. Now, this, this is something that, that scares me, and it scares the neighbors, because in talking to the neighbors, 
um, you know, it, you're driving around that corner that I'm sure you're aware of. Uh, yeah, I live on Hawthorne Avenue, by the way, where we were talking about. And, you know, the next thing you know, there's, you know, three, four kids walking in the middle of the road. And, and you're talking like traveling west from uh, from Coon Hollow Road where the DPW. Yeah. Kind of thing. You come around and, yeah, the kids will be, yeah, yeah see so, that a lot. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints from neighbors about what are we going to do about getting these kids out of the middle of the road. And it's I've experienced it myself. And it's just an ugly situation where, you know, I, I worry that, you know, someone's going to get hit and nobody wants to see that. And I'm also talk to people who have been so frustrated, they get up as close as they can to these kids to try and scare them. And it's just an ugly, ugly situation. And I think um, <clears throat> really we need to get the word out that this is happening, hopefully to the parents or whoever's responsible to these kids and I would even say, you know, Eugene, uh, I would love for you and I to go up there and let's interview these kids and say, kids, do you, why are you walking in the middle of the road a, at you, night? You know, what you know? I have I, I've lived at, uh, right on Hawthorne Avenue for, I guess, I don't know, since 2010. And I do see that a lot where, uh, you know, young people will be walking in Hawthorne and Hawthorne Avenue. If you don't know, it's, it's a busy road. Mm -hmm. Uh but I, I've, you know, and I know you walk your dog, and I've walked it too. I wonder if there, if I mean, there, there's no sidewalk on the opposite side of the street, uh, you know, on the high school side of the street, right in front of where my house is. Yeah, there's a brief section where there's no sidewalk. It kind, yeah, yeah and that's where it, it almost seems like, because uh, I've, I've known when I've, well, I mean, I'm walking to the Dew Drop in. Uh, <laughs> the the sidewalk will, uh, you have to cross the street to, for the sidewalk to continue at one point. If you start off on the opposite side, I have to come back. I'm, I wonder if that's part of it. I mean, and I don't know if I, the city probably can't put a sidewalk in. I'm just shooting spitballs. Yeah, but. well, some, something's got to give before something serious happens. And, you know, um, I'm talking to the neighbors for ideas. I'm, I'm talking to the police chief for ideas. But the fact of the matter is the, the courts are closing at 8 or so. And, you know, nobody's around. You know, you're you're usually alone in your car when this occurs. And you know, what are you going to do? I've stopped and uh, tried to address them and been cursed at. You know, so it almost seems like, look, we need to reach out to these kids and and either talk to them or at least somehow get in touch with their caregivers and say, look, something bad is going to happen unless we take control of the situation. And um, one of the ideas I had was possibly going up there on my own and interviewing the kids and say, guys, you know, w what are you doing? What are you doing walking in the road? Is there, is there a reason why you're not using the sidewalk? And hopefully that conversation can happen and maybe, um, it'll, it'll make them realize like, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe this guy's right. I yeah, mean, and the flip side of it, cause I thought about this one, uh, even, and I know some of the neighbors, you know, they're, they're really nice people. But when uh, people talk about the basketball courts, uh, you know, I'm sort of, I've never been affected, uh, cause I'm not as close as, as the people who, who are affected, but I know that basketball court gets a lot of use and, uh, and that's a great thing. Yeah. And, uh, people, you know, I see kids all day long or I went to school's over, back and forth, back and forth, going up to play basketball. Uh, and a lot of them, you cut through the, the trail uh, from Coon Hollow up that way as well, but you can't do that once it gets dark because you'll break your neck. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't asked the, the, the kids, uh, but it is a good thing to have that basketball court there too mm -hmm. uh, in Derby, right. uh, which is a town that, you know, Derby doesn't have uh, playgrounds. 
Right. Uh, it's sort of it can be challenging for for a young family. Uh, so then you know there's not a heck because it's landlocked. There's not a heck of a lot of just random recreation opportunities. And, like that. and Department of Public Works did a lot of work up there cleaning yeah, it up it looks and making great. it look nice. Yeah. And the lights now are going off at 8 p.m. Unfortunately, 8 p.m. it's dark out. So now these these kids are walking home at, in the dark. And uh, I'm telling you, it's it's a problem. And the neighbors have noticed it and yeah. they brought it to me. Because they're leaving at eight in the dark, and then they're walking down the middle of Hawthorne, and it's just not a good situation and needs to be addressed. So those are some of the issues. We got uh, kids walking in the middle of the road. We have uh, noise from Coon Hollow Park when the park is rented out on the weekends during the summer. Uh, I've noticed, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, Nutmeg Avenue itself, you get tractor trailers going up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year or two ago, I could always know when Derby High School was letting out because it would be like a a speedway down uh, mm-hmm. Nutmeg Avenue, uh, not to disparage teens. As a guy who l- <laughs> was in high school, left high school, and got into a car accident immediately, I was a, a knucklehead right. uh, <laughs> like that. Uh, so they came to a board of aldermen meeting, aired their grievances, mm-hmm. and so now let's take it from there. You reached out to a bunch of people and, and actually brought them back to a few meetings. Yes, um well, that, that really disturbed me. It, it realized that, you know, perhaps I'm not doing a good job letting the constituents in my ward know that I'm there for them. So I took it upon myself on a Sunday to start knocking on the neighborhood doors. And I had um, these little magnets with my contact information that I was given to the people. And if they weren't there, I stuck it on their door and um, just trying to tell them that, look, I heard you. And I'm going to do whatever I can, whatever in my power, to try and address the situation. And as you know, I'm the uh, subcommittee chair of the operations and procedures uh, of the Board of Aldermen. And essentially, we're the people that make the rules. So um, I says, okay, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather the, the people that have the power to make decisions or to make suggestions. And we're going to listen to them. And we're going to bring them all to the, our subcommittee meeting. And I invited the neighbors to come to that subcommittee so that we could hear their complaints again. And by all indications, they were, they were very happy with the way the, the meeting went. Some of the steps uh, uh, Dr. Conway took, he was already on top of this, but they, they changed the address of the middle school. The middle school, uh, the truck drivers were saying that their GPS would direct them up Nutmeg Avenue. So we changed the address from Nutmeg Avenue to yeah, Chatfield Street. It wasn't evil truckers looking right. to drive on people's lawns. Right. They just didn't know there was another, the main entrance is on the other side on Chatfield Street. I've, I've mentioned before in my past <laughs> life, <laughs> right. I used to be a tractor trailer driver. And believe me, no tractor trailer driver wants to be going up a street like Nutmeg Avenue. I can understand if they were directed that way, that's another story. So I think this, the first step we took was to change the address of the middle school. Um, now, when you punch in that address, the GPS is going to direct you the, the more traditional way, which is through the front entrance of Derby High School. And let's I actually asked Dr. Conway uh, like a week ago. I was interviewing him about the, the grant that the uh, city actually is poised to get today. Oh, look at that. I'm missing a story, people, <laughs> uh, from the Bond Commission about uh, uh, the fields. But anyway, l- let's see if I, I don't even know if this is going to work. So bear with me one second. Let's, th- you should be hearing uh, Derby Superintendent. Matthew Conway right now talking about uh, some of the issues on Nutmeg Avenue. Sent out word to teachers, delivery people, and students not to use that crazy goat hill. That's all. Well, we always have sent it out to our vendors and our uh, bus company, obviously, for two years now. 
uh, we still had uh, vendors. Now, whether it was I saw this morning a new vendor, <laughs> a substitute driver, uh, you know, going up there. I mean, even physically, two weeks ago, in a matter of the first two days of school, I personally stopped four different vendors, pulled the truck over, and talked to the driver to request. You know, I don't know if your company has told you this, but it, it, we we have restricted use of Nutmeg Ave. Any of the deliveries have to come through Chatfield. Okay, so that was Matthew Conway talking about how he's been chasing down truck drivers uh, to get them to use the uh, proper entrance because uh, it, it's obviously a safety uh, issue. So are, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're checking your cell phone. Are, are we going to break some new? Well, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to post this immediately then. No, I just wanted to. Uh, you know, who am I to correct you? But I, I, I do remember getting an email oh. from Dr. Conway. It's actually Friday. Uh, Thank the you, Bond Art. Commission. That's yeah. how that's how I thought today was Friday. I'm that confused. <laughs> and it's at 1030. And I, I know uh, Dr. Conway is actually uh, scheduled a bus to leave Derby High School at 845. He's got a bus going up yeah, there? I didn't know he's that. He's planning on getting, you know, some uh, players, coaches, administrators, Board of Ed members oh. and city officials to attend. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, the community is very excited about the possibility of this. Uh, of hope, hopefully the vote gets passed. Yeah. No, I don't think, I've never seen a bond commission uh, reject anything. Not right. uh, not that I follow them that closely. Right. but uh, All right, so that was Dr. Conway talking about Nutmeg Avenue. Um, so that was the first thing that the school district did. They changed the address. And they've also, uh, Conway said also in that interview that I didn't play, the district's IT person has reached out to Google to get them off or to correct the address on uh, Google Maps, right? Google and, and, what have and I was privy to some email messages that he sent to, um, you know, the faculty, staff, students, and parents, uh, in, encouraging them that they needed to go through the Chatfield Street entrance. So, on that end, they've taken steps to to address that. And I've issue. noticed it because I had brought that up. I had just said about uh, you know teenagers speeding down Nutmeg Avenue and, and coming out to Hawthorne. There was a, there's been a big reduction in it, and, and I didn't realize that they had been told to use the, the other side there, so it's definitely mm-hmm. working. Now, if we move on to the, the police chief and the police department, um, the police chief, they, they had their um, police commissioner's meeting uh, probably 10 days ago now, and at that meeting it was on the agenda, and they came out of that with a recommendation from the local traffic authority who controlled the, the roads and the rules within the city. Those are the guys who like decide where uh, crosswalks go and wh- yes. whether you want a handicap uh, 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 sign outside your home, you, you go to this part of the police right. station. Any, right, anything that deals with the roads and derby, one ways, stop signs, all, all those types of requests. And the recommendation from them was to abandon a portion of Nutmeg Avenue. Um, and what that means is that if Walking we, Dead, just that's what <laughs> I. That's what, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> well, I'm a Walking Dead fan, yeah. so I get it. There's gonna be but, tumbleweeds on the road. <laughs> but we're we're gonna. It's a no man's that. land. And what that means, though, is that from they want to call it the cul-de-sac, the at the end of the parking lot, from um, on the high school side. On the high school yeah. side, the that end there, from there on down to, you know, where the residents end that portion of the road will be abandoned and meaning that the city can then go in there and post speed limits and we could put speed bumps on that section and monitor or the better. school would would it actually would technically cuz would it technically become school property at that point and then that's a i don't know yeah it's probably more complicated than than it needs yeah, to be essentially yeah. public works will then be directed to 
go ahead, put some speed bumps in there, put the speed signs. And from what I understand, that the reason, I, I guess, Nora Chief Narowski had uh, recommended, or the, the traffic authority, mm -hmm. that wh whomever, had said, hey, you abandon the road because in order for us, it, it's such a narrow road, they, it, it's really sort of unmanageable from a, from a traffic perspective uh, mm -hmm. because it doesn't have, I mean, there's no shoulder on one side. There's, there's just boulders that act as guardrails, essentially. Right. Yeah. So if you, re you, you can't, I guess as it is, you, ca you can't do things on it if it's an official road. You can only make so many improvements unless you rebuilt the whole thing, uh, right. which would be, I would assume, cost prohibitive and take out some homes. Right. Uh, so this was, a, this was sort of a compromise, a creative, bureaucratic way of handling the right, issues. That was so you could possibly get traffic calming measures on there to mm -hmm. slow people down. Right, and so we, that came before my board, uh, the Operations and Procedures Board, and we voted to send it to uh, planning and zoning. Uh, actually, we recommended it to the full board of aldermen, who then agreed with that assessment and then sent it on to planning and zoning for, for their approval. Uh, planning and zoning needs to be involved through state statute to make sure that by doing so we're not affecting something else. So now I'm sure there's people out there. I mean, you know, they're probably uh, their their ears are just bleeding right now because. <laughs> but but to me, this is fascinating. I mean, you know, government has a structure and a process uh, that's put in place. You know, people talk about how tradition is important uh, in the Naugatuck Valley, and government is a is a tradition. So. Uh, but it requires a little bit of work. You have to sort of show up and, and know who to talk to mm -hmm. uh, uh, to sort of get things done. I, I, I you know, that you can be cynical and be cynical and say like, ah, oh, you know, just they should take care of the, the problem like like that. But right. uh, but you can get things done as, mm -hmm. as a regular citizen, uh, you know, and that's what you know, this is an, an example of. Right. Uh, and but maybe the, the planning and zoning will come back and say, no, we're not doing this. Take a walk. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. I, then it'll just be a, a juicy yeah. uh, fight story yeah, that, then, that then we'll newspapers love, that we love. Public debate. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, it, I don't anticipate any problems with that. It's just, you know, some things, it's the right thing to do. And you have the stakeholders and, and the players are all on board. I, I don't anticipate any problem with that moving forward. Um, so, you know, that, that was the police end of it. We also contacted uh, uh, the Recreation Department, Parks and Rec, and that's who told us that the basketball courts were going to be closed at 8 p.m. Um, working with the city, um, we, I was able to get one of the blank forms to request the use of the picnic road. Because it's a fee to rent it, right? There's there one charge a fee, for uh, Derby. I, I want to say it's two fifty for Derby residents plus a $100 security depo deposit. And it's $400 for out-of-towners to rent it and a $100 security deposit. Now, we're, we're, this is also going to take some time, and picnic season is almost over, so we, we do have some time to roll this out to think about for it. next yeah, spring, yeah. but we're going to be looking hard at this. Um, one of the things that I proposed, and again, it hasn't been acted on, but is to, to double the security department uh, deposit. So uh, if it was 250 plus 100 for the security, it would be 250 and 250 for the security for Derby residents. 400 for out-of-towners plus a $400 security deposit, uh, deposit. And what that would do, it would hurt the people that rent these things and then don't take the neighbors into consideration. So the idea is that, and to change the language from closes at dusk to closes at 7 p.m. Again, this is all proposals, but if we close it at 7 p.m., Public Works comes in there, 
and says, all right, you got a half hour to clean up and get out. And if they're not out, they lose the security deposit. If we get any noise complaints or ob- obscenity complaints and the police have to come out, you know, you're going to lose the security deposit. So what I was doing was it, what is recommended is administratively making it hurt where it counts in the wallet. And um, there seems to be the neighbors seem to like that idea. We'll see if we could build a consensus on doing that. But um, to to make it hurt the wallet, I think, is is the way to go. And, and maybe we'll see a decline in some of the noise complaints and obscenity complaints. I guess uh, another hope is that it acts as a big deterrent. I mean, if when, you, when you rent out Coon Hollow Park and you're, you know, planning to smuggle in 16 kegs and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a piece of paper saying, hey, you don't be jerks. Mm-hmm. You see that on there, maybe it'll it'll cut down. You know, maybe maybe the pl- no one will have to go up there and actually, uh, you know, take these actions. But right. uh, it, it makes th- it, it gives it some teeth. And so y- you've seen we we took the, the the neighbors complaining at a public meeting, and what we did was we contacted the superintendent, the police chief, Parks and Rec, and administratively are trying to make it hurt the wallet if you don't follow the rules, and. Then we went back, or I went back and started knocking on doors to give a follow-up on how we were addressing this. So, and I know I was at one meeting. I'm just interrupt you, sorry, mm-hmm. Art. Uh, it was Mary and Seraphin were very happy uh, mm-hmm. with what you guys had done at mm-hmm. the BOA subcommittee level. I mean, right. they thanked you guys publicly. So, yeah. what was the reaction when you knocked on the doors again? Oh, they were, oh, they it's were, you they, again. Yeah, no, you know, and I hate doing my only free time these days. It seems is like on a Sunday, and I know it's football season, and I know. You know, I get out of church on a Sunday, and it's the games are just starting. But and and I'm respectful of people's time. I, I give them, but you know, in in some cases, I was there, you know, 20, 45 minutes talking about other issues in Derby. So, I think it's good. I think I, I felt good about it. That's what I was elected to do, is to represent the people in the second ward. And it bothered me that these people were living there and dealing with all these issues, but didn't know who to contact. So I was proud that they finally got the right group of people to listen. And now you're seeing government work the way I think you and I both agree it should work. Contact your your alderman and your ward if you have an issue and, and make sure that they follow through with it. So I think it's it's going to be a win-win situation, at least this, this one topic. That's good. So that let's transition. You had said some other issues in Derby. Uh, maybe we can talk about some other uh, random things like what you talked about at your last uh, Alderman meeting. I missed it because of uh, uh, personal, but my son was sick, and so I didn't go to the Board of Alderman meeting. And maybe we can touch upon uh, uh, quickly uh, before that the uh, community downtown now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, to talk, because I heard I was talking to Leslie Crane at the McDonald's groundbreaking the other day, and she said mm-hmm. there was about 125 people there, which mm-hmm. I was it was really impressed. I was sorry that I could not go. But before we do that, we'll take a break. When I say take a break, I mean let's go over uh, the most read stories, as le- at least as of right now. And I think this is uh, interesting because you know Art is born and raised in Derby, represents Derby's second ward. We're talking about Derby, Derby, Derby. And like every, all of our stories basically uh, that were read this week are all Derby. I'm just going to go through quickly. Usually we do five, but I'm going to go like 10. One, two, three. All right, eight. Eight, shed fire on Derby's Grove Avenue. Seven, Derby fire was deliberately set. Uh, Six, Derby could receive $3 million for athletic fields. Five, this is a Shelton. Shelton Punk sees the light on sentencing day. That was a sensational headline, but when somebody calls himself as a punk and his lawyer 
describes him as a reformed punk. You put punk in the headline. <laughs> uh, next, maintenance work scheduled for the Stevenson Bridge. People love transportation info. Uh, number three, vote. Who won the presidential debate? People have been talking about that. Uh, number two, McDonald's redevelopment underway in Derby. And the most read story of the week, at least as uh, of this recording, Derby business moving to Derby. So it's like Derby week. Uh, you know, the, the, the state's smallest city uh, is dominating. They like their news. People in Derby like their news. So that's cool because I live there and uh, it's happy. Uh, I mean, I like, I'm happy seeing that. Right. I, I think it was a good week for Derby. I mean, <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of good stories, a lot of positive energy. That downtown now uh, meeting that you talked about was just uh, tremendous. It, it's great to see so many concerned citizens come out in the middle of the week. And, you know, we even... At dinner time, 6 p.m. And we even got the Board of Aldermen to move their meeting back a little bit so that we could be there. So it was just a great event. Um, I, I was very proud of the, the people that worked on that, Lindy Giovanni. Um, and, you know, the mayor was there and her committee and all the people that um, sat at the tables and the Yale students were acting as uh, moderators. I mean, it was just a, a great event. And in a building that I had never been in before, it was a beautiful old building. Yeah. Reminds yeah. you of, you know, what we could do if 33 we all, Elizabeth Street, the, the, where the yeah. ballroom dancing was. Yeah, if we all get together and get on the same page, you know, the, the sky's the limits. And I, I think I even tweeted that. Um, can you feel the momentum? I mean, it was a good week because I can certainly feel it. And um, things are happening, and it, it's, it's just uh, a, it was a great week to be in Derby this week. And to, to stay on downtown now for a second, if people aren't familiar, and I'll probably butcher it, uh, but this was uh, Derby is partnering with DPZ Partners, a Florida-based company. This is all through grant money. And they're a planning consulting uh, company that is going to come up eventually, I guess by in a couple of months, mm -hmm. Uh, with a new plan for the redevelopment zone uh, in downtown Derby. And that's the area stretching from the Derby-Shelton Bridge, I think it's 4.4 acres or so, going south to about the Life Touch uh, property. That whole area that people have been talking about mm -hmm. forever. Right. And this downtown now was sort of a brainstorming session driven by the people. Uh, mm -hmm. And, but I wasn't there to talk about what they, how, how did it right. work when you, were, when you were there? Well, it worked. They, they asked us all to be engaged, so I sat at one of the tables, as did the other 120-some-odd people. And they had the, the, the moderators there that led the discussion, and it was basically, what do you like about Derby? And it had a map of downtown, and it's, you, you put dots on the area of downtown that you liked. And... You put red dots on the area of the downtown that you didn't like. Oh, what were like the what were the likes dislikes? <clears throat> well, the likes were the uh, at my table anyways. The the Greenway, the Riverwalk was a uh, had a lot of um, green stars, which meant good. The downtown, the green, uh, Saint the area of Saint Mary's Church and the Derby Library, that whole Elizabeth Street corridor were all you know with green. <clears throat> the red. Um, the n no surprise there, the number one red by far was the sewage treatment plant. I mean, that just had red all over it. And that was a big concern there, at least at the table I was at, was that you have the sewage treatment plant in the middle of our redevelopment zone. Yeah. I mean, that's prime waterfront property 
that contains a sewage treatment plant. So um, DPZ is going to have their work cut out for them. There'll be giant air fresheners hung. That'll be the... No, I'm just... I'm sorry. Yeah. I, but that's legitimate. I mean, well, you know, yeah. it, it's, it smells. Yeah. You're on the river work and... It smells. That's a tough. That's that's a tough one. So right, and no matter what you hear. put there, uh, commercial, mixed use, whatever you got there, you're going to have the sewage treatment plant right in the middle of it. So uh, that's one of the concerns. Uh, th- there was a lot of talk about the old National School Studios uh, building and and the former Housatonic Lumber there. They they seem to be as key properties that are going to have some kind of hand in any redevelopment. You know that goes on down there. Um, you know, but there was a lot of focus there. There was a lot of focus on the train station, the rivers, and Derby could be great again if we pitch it as the transportation hub that we know it is. There's bus lines and trains, and you know, we don't use the river, uh, you know, for whatever recreational purposes as much as as we we should be. So there were a lot of ideas, tremendous amount of ideas, and. Um, We'll see what they come up with. The next meeting is in October. And from what I understand, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna try to have Leslie Crane and the mayor on uh, before the next meeting because uh, they can do a much better job, at least than I can. I think they're going to be taking all this, this data, and the next meeting will be uh, the consultants will have information from mm-hmm. all the studies and reports that have been done on what's in the ground mm-hmm. there and. The idea at the next meeting, there'll be a lot of technical data, but we'll have a better idea of, okay, here were all these wonderful ideas, and you know, maybe there were 20, right. 30 ideas. What could sort of work there? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, could you put a giant stadium there? Well, probably not. There might mm-hmm. not be enough room, and the soil can't support it. So apparently at the next meeting, some of those ideas. Yeah. This, is, it's move, what I, what, uh, this is moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. As like a, a cynical reporter, uh, sometimes these things tend to be uh, exercises in futility. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go and they, everyone throws out ideas, and then there's a report, it goes on a shelf, and that's it. Or there's a re-election, and everything's just thrown out, and it it's a, becomes a waste of time. But what's interesting and different about this one uh, is that they're on a tight t- uh, deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be done uh, quickly, uh, which is uh, right. different than, than what I've seen as just a municipal reporter who's covered, you know, probably... 20 towns in New York yeah. uh, and Connecticut. So well, I think, else you want th- yeah, well I think the level of detail that they're talking about, too, is that they're going to come up with plans. And let's just say they want to put, you know, uh, apartments down there. They're going to show what that's going to bring in as far as taxes and what the expected, you know, gain to the city is going to be. And they're going to do that with all different models. If you want to put a florist down there or if you want to put an auto shop down there, you know, all these different businesses or ideas, potential things that could go down in that redevelopment area, they have the ability to then say, all right, well, if you do this, this is the tax money the city is going to receive. If you do this, this is going to be the fallout from that. So the sky's the limit. I'm, I'm actually very interested to, to, to see what they come up with because they've promised a lot of data and a lot of models that they're going to be able to show the, you know, a true reflection of moving forward what what this is going to represent to the city so it's going to be really cool to see and then just putting on my like political science hat here is if you've got a document that is uh, like data based Mm -hmm. and has concrete proof of what is pie in the sky what could work and you have buy-in from the people that removes the political aspect of it because the redevelopment zone 
I've only uh, covered Derby since 2009, but it is, it's really a political football. Everybody uh, blames everybody mm-hmm. uh, for a lack of progress uh, along this zone, but there's never, and everybody has a different idea. It's like every week there's sort of a new idea right. of what would work down there. And every, every campaign, I mean, we have a whole wall out there <laughs> of Derby uh, campaign flyers. And right. it's just interesting to see how the redevelopment zone, yeah. it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be this. But here you'll have a document saying like, here's what'll work right. and not work. And presumably it'd be a, a, <coughs> a, you know, an unbiased document that uh, yeah, and, has and true the, data. The beauty is it's truly going to be community driven. It's not some developer coming in here saying, this is what I propose to do. This is going to be something that is driven by the stakeholders, which are you know the citizens of Derby. Uh, so, and if you do business in Derby. So I'm very excited. It's going to be a, a plan like no other plan that I've seen. And again, I've, I've seen them all through the years. Um, this is the first one that's being community driven. So, you know, hopefully there, there's a lot of excitement for it. And we're, we're going to see the first event was great. Um, event two and three, I hope are going to be equally as great because, they're, you know, I just feel the positive energy out of, out of this. And it's something that I didn't feel in past redevelopment plans. So uh, stay tuned for that. Okay. So you just had a board of aldermen meeting a week or two ago. Your aldermen meetings are the, what, fourth Thursday of the month or the last Thursday of the month, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, the uh, fourth Thursday of the month. So uh, was there any news coming? I'll just ask you. I saw that, uh, what, the VEMS lawsuit w- went into executive session and then came out, but I didn't attend the meeting. Is there any news that's a, a lawsuit that's been kicking around for a couple of years where Valley Emer- Emergency Medical Services uh, sued the city, saying the city hadn't paid their dues because uh, all the towns ch- chip in to keep uh, VEMS going. And VEMS are the guys that, uh, you know, if you're having a heart attack and you need advanced uh, life support, uh, you know, more advanced care than uh, just an ambulance. They, they're the medics that help you out right so did, did anything is that resolved I, well, you know, I don't need details details because obviously you don't have the document in front of you but right uh, well we came out of executive session and took no action on it so we were just updated that you know people are being spoken to but that's really all i could say right okay now. There, so it's no still action. it's right. still uh, ongoing yes. gotcha mm-hmm. okay anything else that you uh, thought was newsworthy that you want the people to know that came out of that last board of aldermen meeting Boy, I've had so many meetings that uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I just know recent me- meetings, you know, that the, the canoes and the kayaks at Wittick, that was, uh, you know, hotly contested, but ultimately um, the citizens spoke. I mean, you did your online poll, and it was like, you know, two and a half to one overwhelmingly that the people wanted to see that. So that that's going to go into effect soon. Um, again, things are moving. In, oh, in uh, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The uh, uh, an officer from Derby, the Derby Police Department, had spoken months ago, possibly a, given a basketball court, or building a basketball court up on Hawkins Street, because uh, there's a dangerous situation there where, you know, kids being kids are trying to play basketball, but it's in the street. And he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I've seen it. It's obviously a, a, not a good situation, uh, but. Is there? But I, I think is it too expensive, or what's the deal on that? Well, right now it's going back to subcommittee. Um, yeah, it, it was an idea brought up by a police officer, and it, it's a good idea. However, um, the property may not be so well suited to that. It's on a bit of a, a, a slope and has a ledge, and um, it's going to cost a lot of money to do that. And right now it was just sent back to subcommittee for more investigating because... The cost right now, I, I I don't think it justifies moving that forward. But if there's grant money out there, and I believe uh, 
you know, the, the um, chief of staff was directed to look for grant money, but um, right now it's going to be discussed. It's not going to happen soon. It's going to be more like next year if it does happen. And like just contrasting that issue with uh, the issue up on Kunhalo and Nutmeg, like they're both, uh, that's a, sometimes you, you come forth with an idea and it's a great idea and everybody's on board. But then when you get down into the nitty gritty things that are brought up on the bureaucratic level, like I think uh, the public works director said, it's, it's got to be ADA compliant. You got to put a fence around it. It becomes, mm -hmm. you know, I in, in modern government, I don't know if you could ever do this. You can't just like take a piece of land and put a hoop in there and say, all right, go play there. There's so much right. you have to do. Right. And uh, is it the best location? It's, uh, you know, it's uh, three city owned lots off of Hawkins Street, ne right next to. You know, there's a club there. I know there's a beer joint there over the hill. Um, so I, I just don't know. Is, is that the best location to, you know, have children playing basketball? Again, I agree with the officer who said... Although they're hey, already, the kids are already there playing. That's where they live. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think, you know, is it the best location? And can we justify spending that amount of money? That's going to be the the biggie because you know we do own other city properties that are you know back lafayette street down in that area um that aren't as sloped as that so maybe that's a better fit but i'm getting ahead of myself we have so much to work to do on that to decide whether it's a good fit or not that it's it's not going to happen in the near future at least i don't foresee that okay uh we're at 42 minutes uh is there anything else you wanted to add or uh touch upon or we could we could end it. It's very loosey goosey here. <laughs> um, I really have nothing to say other other than um, again, good week to be in Derby. A lot of positive energy coming out of the downtown now. Um, residents, you know, know your aldermen because we could get things done. And I, I was very proud of the way this handled. All the people came together. Um, again, the superintendent, the chief, Parks and Rec, Public Works, and that's how government should be. So. Know your alderman. If you have concerns, don't be afraid to reach out and uh, give us a call, and we'll see what we can do. How can people uh, in Derby contact you or follow what you're up to? Well, my government email for City of Derby business and government is uh, gherkinsa, G-E-R-C-K-E-N-S-A, at gmail.com. That's where I try to do all my official City of Derby business. Um, you can follow my Twitter account. It's aldermanartg at Twitter. And I usually give an update on the Board of Aldermen meetings and anything else that's going on. And once in a while, you'll get something personal because I'm very proud of my wife and daughters. So, <laughs> you know, if you, you, you may have Your to deal with Your twin daughters, that. are they they're going off to college or are they, are they just... Well, this summer we spent, uh, we didn't go on vacation. We visited 17 schools wow. across the Northeast and as far down as Washington, D.C. Ashley and Brittany, they're seniors at uh, Sacred Heart Academy in Hamden. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing, we're doing the school search right now. And, um, you know, so like I was saying, you could follow Alderman Art G once in a while, you'll get a, a personal tweet. So don't hold that against me. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, Art, I I'm Eugene Driscoll. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Eugene, for and having me. We'll see you next time on Valley Navel Gazing. Thank you.